Welcome to a Whiskey and Whiskers episode of Pass the Bottle. Uh, we're your host, Chad. Gator. Chris. Blake. Ooh, I get to go first this time, right? Yeah, but for uh, those of you who haven't listened to one of these before or don't remember because you got too drunk or whatever, uh, basically what this is is we get to go around the table, talk about something we're interested in as an individual, and then kind of... Um, tell you a little bit more about ourselves and our personalities and you know get to know us a little bit better it's intimate yeah. all right with that said Chris, you don't know me lay some intimate knowledge down on us about your uh about your life your passion yeah 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 so this week uh i had the pleasure of going out with captain glenn on the lake and i did water sports um and this is wait, wait, wait like uh like lake activities or like the uh porn category yeah like, like people peed on you yeah on the lake okay yeah, Blake swam in circles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it went down. Uh, had a beer and a taco, right? And no, and so I'm getting... Got the Hummer bucket? I'm getting older, you know? And it's been a couple of years since I've I've played lake sports, you know? Since I got on a wakeboard. Um, never had I been on a surfboard before this week. Uh, and it reaffirmed that I actually like lake sports. And, you know, a couple of days later, I was pretty sore, hurting pretty bad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, but I don't, I didn't care like this entire week. I've been trying to figure out how I can go back to the lake. Like all week. It's been my main focus. I'm like, do I join a boat club? Do I buy a boat? Do I go like beg Captain Glenn again? What, what do we do here? You Definitely know? the best trick is to know somebody that has a boat and take their boat out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I need one of you guys to buy a fucking boat already. <laughs> and if you don't mind, get one that we can surf behind, because goddamn, surfing's fun. Yeah, dude, surfing is really fun. I really enjoyed that part. Uh, I did the wakeboarding thing, too. It definitely hurts more than I remember, um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, also, there's not a way to wakeboard without just, like, full send. Like, you can't just... I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you can, but to me, like... Eh. Having been that person that can like jump awake and do that kind of thing, like my immediate reaction was like, "All right, I'm up. I'm getting outside the wake. I'm gonna cut in and see if I can clear the fucking wake, and I'm gonna eat shit, and it's gonna be the way it is." Yeah, and see, I could get to that point. I did not do that. I, I was the guy. Actually, uh, I never fell. <laughs> I got up. I rode for a little while. I uh, and I and I let go. Uh, and I never fell. So, um, because the last time I went out, I fell and I face planted and I was like, it, it ruined like the next couple hours of the afternoon, you know? Like, can't drink beer after that. Huh? Took lake water in through my eye sockets, you know? <laughs> I, uh, so I, I hadn't wakeboarded in probably a decade. And after getting up on the wakeboard and messing around for just a little bit, I was like, all right, I'm kind of over this. I can still do it, but I'm clearly not very good at it anymore. Uh, but I will say that the wake surfing is way more chill. Yeah. Like, there's way more just like, relaxing hanging out surfing behind the boat you're you're still moving you're still having fun it's it's i think it's easier to get up yeah um, it surprised me i thought it was going to be hard i was like it's not attached to my feet what's going to keep it from just yanking out from below me you know yeah and, and nope every one of us just popped right out of the water yeah it's that's a cool thing I, I definitely get why that has risen in popularity why that's so popular now and you're going half the speed so it doesn't hurt nearly as bad when you eat shit it's very true uh i i don't know i i agree i had a really good time wake surfing i think it i think it made me still very sore <laughs> i think that was a large contributing factor to my soreness but uh it was a lot of fun and like blake said it's it's way more chill uh it's kind of the kind of thing where you can kind of get right behind the boat and somebody tosses you a beer and you drink a beer while you're like surfing yeah it's awesome yeah 
Yeah, so th- I guess that's where I was going is you get up on a wakeboard and you're like, all right, I need to fucking jump really far or something. You get up behind the boat on a surfboard and you're like, all right, I need to slam a beer. I need someone to throw me a beer. Like, that's the the cool trick to do. Yeah. Yeah. That, and so I was, I was sore after, but, you know, I have that total, if I did it more, then it wouldn't hurt when I did it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you get used to it. And so now, now I'm actively trying to find a way where I can make that a thing that I do. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at too. Like I, uh, I think it'd probably been at least ten years since I had wakeboarded, also. And so, I think uh, back then I was in a little bit better shape. I was swimming and skating and doing that kind of stuff and wakeboarding. So, <laughs> I think it felt a little better then. But uh, yeah, I think uh, even like just going out and wake surfing. I think if I only did that part and just tried to chill on that. I think if I went out a few times, it would stop being shitty afterwards, you know? Yep. That's, that's, I agree a hundred percent. You'd work the kinks out for sure. I was amazed how sore on my, I'm right-handed. So on my right hand, my stronger hand, uh, my middle finger and my ring finger were so sore that I could like hardly close my hand. And it just like reinforced, or it just shows you like, Oh, that's where all your strength is. Like that's where I was holding on is more with those two fingers than my pointy ring. It was those Mm -hmm. two, middle fingers are what's holding all your your strength so what surprised me and it went away relatively fast compared to like the soreness of my arms and stuff but uh i had like my feet were sore like the oh, arches yeah. of my feet and yeah yeah, yeah. that kind yeah, of because a wakeboard it's like strapped to your feet so you don't really pay attention to like what your feet are doing they're just in there kind of floating around mm-hmm. on the on the surfboard you're it's like all, it's manipulating all about your, your toes feet. and yeah my legs and feet were actually fine. It was for me. It was only my my upper back, shoulders, and arms. The actual like soreness the next day it was all that, but like the day of, like when I got back into the boat, my feet were like cramping. Yeah, like, my Damn. legs cramp up for sure. When I wakeboard too, that's that's another contributing factor. As I <sighs> as I the shape that I'm in, you know, round right now. Uh, <laughs> even a- wakeboarding for like for like five minutes, I was like, and my legs are all tired. My hips cramped. And- <laughs> I also have a sore spot on my knee, which I remember from back when I used to do these games all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I don't know why my knee is sore. Not like sore, like, oh, my knee's sore, like I twist. No, like, I feel like someone hit me with a bat in my knee, and I don't know why or where or when it happened. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just part of it. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, I got a bruise right here for no reason because you fell or the board hit you or whatever. I have to say, the group we went out with, too, I was impressed. Everybody, everybody did everything. Um, yeah, everybody wakeboarded, everybody wake surfed, yep. uh, all successfully, at least to the extent that we got up and rode behind the boat for a while. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah, I was I was impressed by the group. And also, I think, too, another another contributing factor, I think it, it helps to have a $100,000 boat. True, yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that helps, for sure. <laughs> Makes it more pleasant, anyway. It's really hard to wake surf behind a pontoon boat, probably. Yeah, uh, or, yeah, behind a bass boat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try to wakeboard behind this bass boat. So do we want to bounce around, or do we want to go in a circle? I don't care. Uh, you. <laughs> okay. We go you. Yeah, Blake. Yeah, so uh, I went down to the beach, I don't know, I guess like two weeks ago or something like that. And on my way back, um, I stopped in Goliad, which, if you don't know, Goliad is in between, like, Port Aransas and all that, um, and Austin, where, where we're based out of. So, uh, anyway, I stopped in Goliad. I went to, uh, oh, what's it called? The The... Colonel Fannin's, um, the tomb of Colonel Fannin and his men. Uh, when Colonel Fannin, for those of you that don't know any Texas history, he's the uh, the colonel that was fighting during the Texas Revolution. 
Um, he actually won. What battle was it? He won the uh, Battle of Kalido Park. He he basically got ambushed and he rounded up the wagons. He was on his way back to um, Presidio La Bahia or whatever at, at Goliad, and he got ambushed by the Mexican army. Um, they circled the wagons and put the cannons out and basically like did a did a last stand or whatever. Hell yeah! And they won. They did they did really well. And then the next day they took off and tried to make it again. And they ended up getting ambushed again. Basically, they were moving slow because they were having all this, like, move all this shit. And uh, they got captured. So after that, they all got taken to um, the mission at Goliad. And then uh, they were executed shortly thereafter. And there's some, like, Texas lore there. You know, there's a, a like, Colonel Fannin asked that that he, if he was going to get executed, after watching all of his men get executed, he was like, look, if I'm going to get executed... Um, I want all my belongings sent to my family. Uh, I want to be shot in the heart instead of the face. And I want a Christian burial. And they, like, stole all of his belongings, shot him in the face, and burned him and left him in a ditch or something just to be assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of like a Texas martyr or hero or something. Um, also, if you've ever seen the, the red arm, the, the severed arm flag, uh, anywhere, if you've ever, like, been around hanging around in texas like barbecue cook-offs or nascar or anything that happens <laughs> in texas that rednecks are involved you'll end, you'll see the colonel fannin's battle flag um and, and then also like the later um another general <laughs> went out and found all of the, <coughs> the bodies and buried them properly and then even way later than that they erected this big like uh monument to the massacre at goliad and that was also one of the battle cries um during the Texas Revolution. Remember was, Goliad. Remember the Alamo, remember Goliad. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone knows of the Alamo, right? You, right. You, you all, everyone remembers the Alamo. But outside of Texas, not everybody uh, remembers Goliad. So it was just a real cool like piece of Texas history. Uh, there's also like, the, there's this, there was a, a Mexican woman that was um, sneaking people out and saved, they call her the Angel of Goliad or something like that. Um, so that was cool to get to see her monument. Um get to see like just looking at the structure like you get so used to driving down the highway and there's mcdonald's and and bullshit all over this you know and dude you're driving down 183 and there's a fucking like mission from the 1800s like built out of stone with a tower and a bell you know like a bell and Mm -hmm. and you know you're looking at this wall and this door and you're like dude, this thing is hundreds of years old it it was it was cool i had a i had a good time uh i've driven by it I've, you know, read about it, but I've never actually, like, stopped and, like, checked it out. I had a had a good time. It's That's fun cool. to sometimes stop at the historical markers and the scenic overlooks, both. Mm-hmm. It, this, it was this one spot in particular, there was so much that happened, like, right there, you know? Yeah. Like, right there. I don't mean, like, in that area. I mean, like, right there. Yeah. You know, like, so they fought a battle in that mission. Uh, they... They one of the like one of the first times they declared Texas independence was there at that mission. Yep. Um, then they were uh, fought a battle right outside of the mission, and then they were captured and brought back there, and then they walked them out back and executed. Them. And it's all right there. You like you can walk to all the spots that that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and and then they have the cannons out there. Like it's just really cool. It was it was uh, a good time. Yeah, that is cool. I saw that they're about to uh, make the Alamo virtual tour available online given this state of current circumstances i can dig it i mean that's not quite the same as like i I think that was another reason why it tripped me out so much there was nobody else there i mean i could walk up and touch the wall that 
they built. You know, there's no ropes. There's no yeah. It's you can walk around inside. You can you can touch it. Like it's history that you can touch. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> I get it. So <clears throat> basically, what you're saying is we're going to continue to make fun of Gator for wanting arrowheads, but <laughs> we're going <laughs> to yeah. say that uh, you touching the wall of Goliath's. Cool. I know. He's yeah. like, uh. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I. I like Texas history. I think that's cool. No, it is cool. I, I've been there before as well, and it is a really fucking cool, like, just stop if you're headed that direction. Yeah, it doesn't take any time. It's free for most of it. You can take a tour of the inside of the mission. I think you probably pay there. Yeah. But, dude, you can walk all around the outside. You can walk to where they got captured. You can walk over to where uh, they got massacred, where they got buried. like, And where the, the giant memorial tomb thing is, right? Yeah, they built this giant, like, obelisk you know, memorial for Colonel Fannin and his men. So mm-hmm. good time. Wow. That's cool. Uh, if you're ever driving through Fredericksburg, uh, I highly recommend the Nimitz museum. I've been to that one too. And so that's a world war two thing, not a mm-hmm. Texas thing, yep. but Nimitz was from there. That's why the museum is there. Yep. And that's a, that's a really cool stop. And there's a lot out. of cool things in John city too, which is right by Fredericksburg. Yeah. So a lot of history in Texas. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, so I was contemplating talking about wake surfing because <laughs> that was also really uh, like one of the highlights of my week. But um, I'm going to do the chop thing and, you know, talk about video games instead. <laughs> so a uh, couple things. Um, first of all, we're in the we're going into this uh, finals weekend of LCS. This will actually have actually happened by the time people hear this. But uh that's pretty cool. I've been following that. You're going to um, have to explain to people what LCS is. So LCS is the American League of Legends Championship Series. Mm, okay. Um, and basically the, the importance of this one, it's the summer split. And uh, whoever the top three teams are from this split go to the World Championships and play against like China and Korea and Europe and all it, that, right? It's like football, but for gamers. Yeah. Um, sure. And it's... it's Just no timeouts. <laughs> it's fucking huge dude like as far as a, a worldwide activity like uh the world finals last year i think without chinese viewership had like 200 million people watching wow. um uh, and then with why china, don't we count chinese because <laughs> with china it's like <laughs> 600 million it's like 2.5 so, billion or something yeah it like it like triples the amount whenever you include china so they they take the stats from both because obviously the majority of the viewership is there yeah but, they never uh, count china because they just right yeah they're inflating but, their numbers anyway yeah but anyway, so that's pretty cool. Um, but another thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, there's a new game that just came out. It's called Spellbreak. Uh, so it's another battle royale. I know, I know. But uh, anyway, the the thing that kind of separates this one, it's completely based off of um, magic, right? And you have different like gauntlets that you can pick up, and they have different elements. So there's like earth, uh, fire, wind, ice, poison, air, like all this shit, right? So. What makes it fun is that uh, each one of these has different... You can have two at any given time, and they interact with each other. So, like, you can make a giant windstorm and then zap it with a lightning bolt, and all of a sudden there's a thunderstorm right there fucking somebody up, right? Or, like, you can throw a big poison cloud and then throw a fireball into it, and it explodes, and now there's, like, just a giant green fire everywhere. Uh, so, it is just... This, is this, a like, PvP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a battle royale, so it's uh Oh yeah, you said that. I it's it. squads of three is like the primary way to play. I think they're introducing solo and duo modes, but uh you're generally playing in a squad of three, which makes it more fun because with a squad of three there's six elements, right? So uh 
you can equip two at any given time. If you do it right, your entire squad can have all the elements, and then you can interact in any way you want to, right? So um, that's the way I think it was made to be played. That's the way I've been playing. It's been really fun. Um, it was out for uh, like a beta, and I played some of that. But um, as of the 3rd of September, it's now out like as officially we launched this game, and it's, it's free to play. Uh, really fun. Definitely worth going to check out. Um, but last thing, gaming-wise, that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and I think you guys can actually chime in on this, is... Uh, so over the last, like, probably seven years, I've <laughs> been trying to Platinum uh, Kingdom Hearts. So, for those of you that don't know, Platinum Trophies are like, uh, or Xbox Achievements, it's the same thing. Um, but Platinum is like, finish all the other trophies in a game, right? And then you get the the final trophy for beating everything else. Um, so for some games, it's just like 100%. Sometimes it's like, you gotta play this game five fucking times to be able to get the Platinum Trophy, right? Because you gotta play on different difficulties and do different challenges, or be good, or be evil, or whatever. Or if there's, like, a path that you have to take, you have to take a different path, and so now you yeah. have to beat the whole game again. It's yeah. like trying to get all the guns in Call of Duty. Yeah. But more so, because it would be like, like, beat the game, beat Call of Duty with this character, or something, and then beat it with this character. Like, like, you have to beat it multiple times, you can't just keep playing it to, to get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, perfect examples are, like, certain games have good and evil. For instance, uh, Red Dead is one of them, but uh, other games have it, too. There's trophies that'll be like, beat the game with really good karma, beat the game with really bad karma. So you gotta beat it twice, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's shit like that. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about with you guys that I feel like you could chime in, does anybody else have the, like, I need to get it all. I need to fucking... Yeah. I need to platinum this, yeah. <laughs> this game. Honestly, that's my demise a lot of times <clears throat> in video games, is I start a game thinking I'm gonna beat it all, and so I'm gonna be thorough on my, like, my run-through, you know? I'm gonna be efficient, I'm gonna... I'm not going to do just the main quest. I'm going to try and do every side quest I can do. And then once they're all done, then I'll go to the next main quest and then do all the side quests again. Mm-hmm. And, tr- and usually I end up getting burnt out before I, before I finish it. Y- yeah. So I, I did this with a couple games. One was um, Fallout 3. Yeah. Obviously, I've, I've, I've like went in and tried to do every single thing. And then, and then anytime I played Call of Duty, I was doing the same thing. I would try to level up uh, my guns all the way, you know. Uh, which was sometimes prestige or 15 prestige. Well, yeah, all of that that. max out. Yeah. Max out the prestiges and, and, and max out all my guns. Like that was the whole, the whole goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, but at the same time, I could never care about my KD ratio. Cause if I needed to, if I, if I was down to my pistols and like, (laughs) these are the only ones that need work, then I'm going to run around playing pistol games forever. And like my KD is just going to go to shit, you know? Yeah, um, but also well, I could don't, never don't worry kid about yourself. Your KD was going to shit anyway. <laughs> I was getting there. I was just gonna say, like, also I couldn't care about KD because I was never really that good. But, but my kills per minute were off the chain, though. Yeah, yeah. that that fucked me up a little bit too in Call of Duty. Is I feel like I was just good enough to like hope for you know like like two point KD. So I'm like, oh dude, I could be. I could I could be 5.0 if I just like really tried. No, I'm not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. just good enough to have hope to be like actually good. If you played a lot for the next year, your KD would be like 2.8. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, how that realistically works. But out. they they measure different things though, like different analytics too. Like like you're I guarantee that my kills per minute, my KPMs were higher than yours and even though your KD ratio was a lot better than mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a thing. Uh, and that goes into a lot of different games too, like with uh, for instance, like Apex Legends, you you look at okay any game, any first person shooter where you're trying to kill other people, 
you can play the objective and try to win the game, or you can play for KDA. And players who play for KDA might not be contributing as much as somebody with a lower KDA because they're playing what they need to play right. to make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always hated playing the Call of Duty modes that are objective-based. Because I'd be like, dude, I'm out here fucking up my KD so that I can play objective with you guys. Mm-hmm. And there's other motherfuckers that are just like, nope, not doing that. Yeah. So hang, out, hang out up here and snipe. And I liked objective-based stuff because I did well with that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that translates over. But anyway, back to what I was talking about with trophies and things like that, man. It just, it's hard for me to just be like, no, I'm going to pass up on this thing that's happening in the game so I can go finish this fucking game. Yeah. And uh, I, like I said, I just I just finished Kingdom Hearts. That's, I think, my sixth platinum maybe ever. Uh, but, dude, it was like over the span of seven years. Like, I had to beat the game fucking multiple times. And for that one, it was more like, there's there's things that are like, hey, you have to beat the game in less than 12 hours, and you're not going to do that on the hardest difficulty, but there's also a trophy for the hardest difficulty, you know? Yeah. So, so sorry, I want to I wanna jump ship here, because we're talking about game stuff. Uh, PS5, we're in September. It's about to release. How do y'all feel? I feel I really good about, about it, it, honestly. I feel good about it, but I feel like that's branching out far enough that we could talk about that in, a, in an episode. All right. Okay. Because we'll next-gen console's a, a thing. Yeah, but pass, anyway, yeah, yeah, I'll pass the ball. Pass the but, ball. Uh, that's what I wanted to harp on. Well, it looks like I'm up. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit, go a little bit more uh, organic, I guess, in conversation. Okay, I want to talk about hunting. All right, now tis the season. Yeah, yeah, September first, opening day, dove season. It's a good time of year. Now, definitely want to preface this with it. I am not a hunter by any means. Um, definitely have aspirations. Throughout my, I guess, growing up, I never had, like, much opportunity to do it outside of shooting stuff in my backyard with a BB gun, which is warming up pretty close to it, you know? So is that where you're going? Is just you'd, you'd like to get into hunting? Yeah, but, like, uh, what I wanted to talk about more specifically was, like, different means of hunting, right? So you can go with a rifle, you can go with a bow. You can go with a crossbow. Crossbow, sure. You could go... Shotgun. You can stalk, you can climb a tree you can sure yeah and i guess it's all like i'm looking at it based on like weaponry white or like whatever you have as your tool so you have a gun or a bow you could even go if hardcore and have like a spear or an atlatl or you could do the really hardcore thing where you just you do persistence hunting where you like run down the animal and stab it when it's like dead is this I don't getting know- to where you want to stick a hog because i'm going to advise you to not do that <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know anybody in the U.S. And if that's something that is, you want to whoa, whoa. Is chase the motherfucker down and stab Listen to this. I, I actually do know people that have that kill hogs this way. Um, and if you are interested in that, I could actually set no, you no, up. No, no, no. No, Chris, he's talking about like like you chase a, an antelope across the plains of Africa until it just passes out from exhaustion. <laughs> and then you like go stab it because it's like not going to move. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. You better have a four-wheeler. <laughs> But that's how people did it for a long time. Uh, and I'm sure that, like, Native Americans and stuff did it that way, too, at least in some capacity. Now, you can still go up to the mountains and stalk an elk and spend a week up in the mountains. But see, again, that's different. That's that's yeah. that's trying to get an opportunity to take your shot. And they're, they're, that's difficult. Like That's hard enough. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, just, there's different difficulty levels with each one, you know. Because there's, like, I think about deer feeder sitting in a in a shed and then you have a rifle and it's like there's a it's kind of there's a lot more to it though Uh, this is something i wanted to touch on there's so much more to it it's because after you kill the deer 
then you have to do something with it. Yeah. Then you have to go through the process. And 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 pulling the trigger and, and having those emotions is one thing. Like when you kill an animal for the first time, you know, that's one thing. Cutting that deer open and spilling its guts out onto the ground is a whole nother fucking thing. You know what I mean? And so there's more to it than that. What I, what I would advise is uh is if you if you have aspirations to start hunting, start with something like dove. Go dove hunting because dove D- hunting you dove have is the most casual hunting that you can get. It's super casual. Uh, duck. It's 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 duck. Re- I want to I want to talk about duck, but I want to close on dove first. Duck or dove, you know, both are pretty casual. Whatever. It, but you still have that moment because you you're gonna shoot a bird and it's gonna fall and you're gonna walk up to it and it's gonna be flopping around and you have to grab it by the head, break its neck, finish it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and that's you have your first with bare hands. You killed an animal, then you can step up to gutting a deer because that's some next level shit. So, so I've, sh- I've shot a deer before to be fair and gutted it and everything. I mean I've been to that level before, but oh, okay, I thought you, you were just new. No, it's just like I've been just really looking at the different ways of doing it and i guess the challenges with each way you know yeah so i don't want to take away anything from from uh the hunters that sit in a blind and, and shoot a deer no there's a lot of work that goes into that yeah and i'm not, not trying just to work. i think i think uh people people want to they want to relate it to some kind of like bloodlust or something and i promise that's the last emotion that you go through like or that's not even an emotion that you go through right um more than that there's like a connection there's to preparation nature. and work and and um, like you learn how that like the animals' patterns and all that. Even with blind hunting, and you, you still get up to, early as fuck. You still have to learn that animals' patterns, and you still have to figure out what what attracts them, and you still have to go out and like. And even with put feeders, in the labor with feeders, you got to go out all summer long in the heat and fill those feeders. Because if those feeders aren't full all summer, when you get to hunting season, ain't nothing going to be coming to it because they don't mm-hmm. know what's going off. But even more than that, and I know everyone in this room knows about this, but I'm more talking to the listeners. Uh, that moment when when you draw or you you t- you get your rifle up to your shoulder or whatever and you're about to take your shot there's like a moment of of um th- there's an adrenaline rush there's a uh like respect that happens there's uh, there's like all these a emotions and, yeah. and and you have to you almost have to like silence all of these emotions and shut out everything else and it's just you and that animal in one moment and y'all experience you and the animal experience it together and it's, it's your breath it's it's uh pretty powerful and i feel like anybody that has ever eaten meat and then is also like fuck hunters uh, dude you don't you can never it, you, you have not experienced that level of respect how can you judge you know right, like right. you can let someone else you know zap fucking pigs all day long or shoot cows in the head with a nail gun and you'll eat that shit all day, but you've never like appreciated or or felt the the adrenaline dump or the like the excite the excitement wears off, and then there's like a holy shit, I just took a life that you have to process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really powerful thing, and and it makes you more connected to the to the animal that you just that you just and killed, then you, and then right? you eat, and then you eat it, and then and then there's a whole nother level of like, okay, I'm not gonna waste this because I I appreciate what this animal had to give for me to live and it makes you more connected to just your like the earth because you're like i have to it makes you realize like that it your really clicks instincts. in your brain that animals have to die for me to live um it, it, something has to die for me to live uh so again it's it's it there there's never been a bloodlust moment and, and not in deer hunting so where i was gonna go though was uh duck hunting is kind of a cross between like 
You've got your dove hunting that's just, if it flies, it dies. You shoot everything. You know? Right, right. Uh, and you're hanging out, like, with your friends, and you're drinking beer, and you don't really, you don't have to hide. You don't have to... Wearing camo, sitting in a lawn chair. Yeah, you just sit in a lawn chair <laughs> in the middle of a field. That's it. Drinking like, beer, yeah. Uh, you're being loud, you know. And, but duck hunting, there's something kind of in between. And I went on a duck hunt one time. It was a guided duck hunt. Uh, we went out in a fan boat. So you're, you've got a shotgun. You have to use special shot. You can't use uh, you can't use anything that's going to like fuck with the water because you're shooting over water. Okay. So you have to use a special kind of shot. And then um, we had a dog. We had a fan. So riding out in the fan boat was cool. Having the dog go retrieve him was cool. But then there's a, like the guy put out all these all these uh, decoys, decoys, hundreds of them. And then he had a bundle around his neck of duck calls. I mean, 25 different duck calls that he just they make no sense wow. when you're looking at him. You're like, how the fuck is he going to know which one to, to blow? And then every one he does it in a different way. Bloop, 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 and this one and then that one. He's like, wah, wah, you know, like every duck call is different in how you blow in it as well as like the sound it makes right so this guy is so good and knows the the animals so well that you're looking up there and you're like is that a duck and he's like oh yeah that's a uh you know this kind of duck and you're like okay can we shoot and there's rules on which how many you can shoot of each one how many you can bag so if you shoot too many of one you're kind of in trouble like you're not supposed to do that you know? yeah yeah but he knows it, so he'll some will pass over, and you've already got your bag limit of those. And he's like, "Nah, it's usually they just look like like specks flying in the air." And he's like, "Nah, you don't want to shoot those. You need to wait." And then another one will come, or another flock will fly over, and he'll start calling them. So you're hanging out there in the blind in the middle of the bay. Um, you've got your dog, you've got your beer. Uh, you're not really like being quiet or or any. You know, you're just hanging out, just like dove hunting. But then you see those ducks, and he's like, "All right, everyone, shut the fuck up." And then everyone gets down and gets quiet, and then he calls them in, and they do this big circle around you, way out of your range. They do this big circle around you, and then they fly down to land on, on all those decoys, and they fly right in front of you. And right before they land, there's a moment where they like kind of stutter, you and slow that's down, yeah. and that's when you shoot. And so it, and then right after that, it's all right. Now we've shot a bunch of duck. My adrenaline's going. The the dogs out there running and barking and picking up the, you know, bringing them back and stuff. And then you're hanging out again, drinking beer, and then. It's like a perfect cross between uh, you get the you get the quiet and like a, adrenaline thing going of of the anticipation. I guess is the yeah, best word. Yeah. But then you also have like the casual nature of hanging out with your friends and and shooting guns. It's it's a cool experience. Jackrabbits is pretty casual. Yeah, that's See, get yeah. as drunk as you can. And I've shot rabbits and stuff like that. Ate rabbits. Shot snake. Ate shoot snake. off the roof of a moving vehicle. Hell yeah! <laughs> that's the only way you do it when it's pitch black outside and you got headlights. Yeah, that, actually, the jackrabbit hunt was one of the funnest hunts I've ever been on. Yeah, that's a cool topic. I'm glad you brought that up. There's a lot to unfold. Like we could talk about that for another yeah. hour. And yeah, there's, there's bow hunting is a whole yeah, other no, thing, I, and I yeah, realize there's there's so was, much to all of it, and like that was the thing we didn't even touch on, but I wanted to at least mention was that I I lived with this guy for a little while, and I think he was from Ohio, I think. Uh, but rifle hunting is illegal there. Shotguns. Yeah, yeah it's, either, it's either shug slotgun or yeah slug shotgun or bow. Yeah, there's no mm -hmm. rifle hunting. Yep. Wow. Yep, it's definitely different in different states. And did you know that hunters, people that apply, the, the number of people that apply for hunting licenses every year makes U.S. hunters the largest army in the world? Wow. <laughs> I do know that uh, hunters do more for conservation than any other group, like hand over fist, like yep. time yeah. exponentially more. Uh, the funds that go into buying hunting licenses... Um, also the hunters themselves, like 
Dude, these are the people that are like, no, we can't get rid of this forest. This is where I hunt. Yeah, we have you to know, keep the land. land. Yeah. Uh, no, we can't just go out here and, and build a subdivision or, or wipe out a, a whole bunch of deer. We can't just shoot indiscriminately, which is the the rap that hunters get. And we no, have- because they're the ones that want the big deer. Like they're ta- they're the ones that are doing the herd conservation and and uh, it just like. Making sure that everything stays right and, and appreciating nature. Uh, and hunters are the, the hogs, the invasive species. Hunters are the best conservationists. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I've been thinking too, like about so around here, there's hogs, right, and there's deer, and like shit, man. I'm really intrigued about the like you got to do it with the animal. You know what I mean? Like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> so rewinding back a little bit because we went hardcore. Like we're talking about modern technology shooting guns and stuff there's something intriguing to me about like getting close to an animal and then not knowing you're there and then killing it with not a gun so i know a guy that charters hog hunts where it's knives so like yeah he won't he won't give you a gun because he sends his dogs in and the dogs fucking get him stuck and then and then you go in there and make it you go in with a fucking knife and have to kill this thing with a knife i've seen that and like i think bow hunting though is what you're what you need to look at so like i would never go after a hog and like uh with like a bow and arrow <laughs> yeah like that's not a thing i'd go deer hunting in that that way you know what turkey, i mean try turkey with a bow that would be a something like that yeah so turkey are notoriously like they're sharp they're fast and they're notoriously elusive yep, yep. so you have to you have to think of everything from the way the wind is blowing to your camouflage to how you smell and you have to get close enough to to use a bow to dispatch it. Yeah. And and that is... You you, you become a part of the environment. Like, that's yeah. what you have to do in order to bag a turkey with a bow. Yeah. Yeah, even think about, like... You can always go to Lakeway where you can hand feed a buck. You know, you got, like, an eight point, like, just eating out of your hand. And then really think about if you want to stab that motherfucker with a knife. Because <laughs> that's some scary shit. Man. That's some shit, though, man. And that's the thing, like, with the persistence hunting is, like... When you run that animal down, it it's not moving because it's exhausted, and you just—I think it's like a—that's some old school shit, though. I don't think you can do that here. So, I think it's or shouldn't it (laughs) both? You'd have to have an area you could do it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'd have to get out in West Texas or somebody would have to be like, have fun chasing deer around all day, you (laughs) idiot. You know, but you're like, okay, cool, thanks, dude. You know, you probably wouldn't have much success, but it's a thing. Like scientifically, people are better at running than animals are, you know, for like, distance, for, for distance. distance, the lack of fur, the sweating. We use two feet versus four feet, except dogs. Yeah. You run down a dog. You're you not going to run down a dog. You're, you're going to lose a, a turkey or in Texas, you're going to lose a turkey or a white tail or any kind of deer. They're going to disappear and you're not going to be able to keep tracking them. You're not going to be able to keep chasing. They're going to run through a mesquite bush and you're going to be like, Hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing though. It's like, you'd have to get good at tracking the animals. You'd have to develop your skill in that way. You know what or I mean? Or you're going and hunting like sheep or something. Yeah, they're sheep. Yeah. Uh, but dude, then you're going to break an ankle and fall off a cliff. Like you can't just chase these motherfuckers. <laughs> this like isn't the cliffhanger savannah. <laughs> like this is some real shit. No, it's just cool, man. I think there's a lot to be said about that. That's a whole different type of thing, man. When you're, that's like true physical might against another animal. You're, you're outdoing them physically to the point where you're like, look, bitch, I got you. I'm going to kill you now. Thanks. It's different from, I lined you up in my sights on the pull a trigger, you know? No, see, I feel like you're not giving it enough credit. Dude, if you shoot a, if you shoot a turkey with a bow, you're an elite level stalker, hunter, uh, like, like, uh, what is it? 
a, a hunter, uh, a predator. There you go. You're an elite level predator if you can shoot a, a turkey with a bow. I, I I agree, and I'm not trying to take away from that at all. But I'm saying there's something to be said for somebody who can like run down an animal and just stab it and be like, "Cool, we got food." There's a motherfucker on YouTube that from Australia, and that's all he does is like he'll cover himself with mud, like he's on the Predator or something, and then he'll lay in like a riverbank for days until like a, some kind of crazy like fucking uh, gazelle walks through and he just grabs, it. <laughs> dude, <laughs> and he'll wrestle it for a minute, and then he's like, "All right, I got it," and then he'll let it go. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's all. That's every video. That's so awesome. And it's not just gazelles. It's it's everything. But he just grabs them. Like <laughs> fuck, dude. It's pretty extreme. Props to that guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, enough said. All right, guys. The Whiskey and Whiskers website is up. It's whiskeyandwhiskerspodcast.com. On there, you can find links to all of our social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and links to everywhere you choose to listen, including Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, and your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, go check it out. We got new episodes every Monday, new content all the time. We'll see you next week.